Be an inspiration. Radio Wave Lifestyle. I'm speaking to Gavin Sinclair, who's already had an interview on Radio Wave and whose story has appeared in at least one of Namibia's daily newspapers. Hi, Gavin. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks. Let's start off with the basics of, of why we're speaking today. For anyone who hasn't yet heard, you're currently running what will eventually be over 3,000 kilometers through southern Africa self-supported why okay so i mean I, I used to be in the corporate world for 18 years i was in sales and marketing and uh, i got to a point where i just wasn't being fulfilled in my life and uh, i don't know whether you know i was in toxic jobs relationships or i was toxic i'm sure both um, and i just was not feeling connected and i needed to feel inspired and at some stage obviously i used to be very active in sports trail running and stuff so i wanted to use that energy and start an ngo in sports kids development in rural areas and it was, you know, quite a challenge for six months to try and get this off the ground. And um, I really didn't get the support through the government. And at that stage, I felt slightly defeated. And I really wanted to do something epic and something big um, to really inspire me and make a difference. Uh, I think in my earlier days of Johannesburg, you know, I chased the corporate ladder and, you know, drove the cool car, had the cool clothes. And, and I just wasn't feeling connected. And I just think for me personally in my life, I felt there was more purpose. And uh, so after the NGO, which I w wasn't successful I decided I wanted to do something that would challenge me physically and mentally and I'd heard about Cape to Cairo whereas I think it was McGregor a Scottish actor came down with a whole crew of bikes and stuff and I thought wow Cape to Cairo that's amazing so I thought why not cycle it so I decided to then embark on cycling solo and supported from Cape Town to Cairo which took me nine months 10,038 kilometers in total incredible experiences halfway through a book hopefully to publish and then after doing something like that you know you just grow as a person on every level and of course you get challenged and you get to appreciate things because I could never appreciate things in my life you know I'd have the car and the apartment and all the stuff but I just was never connected and I couldn't so I mean you go up to two weeks without having water or, or even a shower or a bath so when you get home and you turn on your tap you appreciate water so I think these things too to a degree uh, changes you and you become more humble. So, of course, doing the first one, this, you know, you go back to reality and you do your everyday nine to five. It becomes a bit more of a, a challenge to, to fit in again, per se. And then I got to a point after eight months, I got that itch again. I needed to do something. So I'm an ambassador for missing children. So I raised funds and awareness, obviously, for, for the Cape to Cairo. And I felt I needed to do something else again. And then I decided to run. It was meant to be five African countries. It just turned out to be four and so it looks like it's going to be about 3,000 kilometers in total uh, again for missing children in South Africa to raise funds and awareness I started off in uh, KwaZulu-Natal St. Lucia and I ran up to Ponta de Ora and then I ran along the whole coastline of Mozambique incredible experiences extremely challenging soft sand high tides and then I went west into uh, towards Botswana through Botswana through the top of Namibia and I'm now here in Vintuk I've been now on this adventure challenge for I started September so it's about five months so I've got about another month to two months before I get back home to Cape Town sure why was Zimbabwe dropped when you do these types of things and you're going at the pace you're going you know your anxiety levels you have um, a lot of tension and, and nervousness when you're going to enter a border because you never know what is happening politically in that country and in South Africa. 
because something that's great you know now cannot be fine in a month or two's time mm. so at that point there was there was there was a highlight around Mugabe obviously the shift in presidents and stuff so I was just advised just maybe not to go through there just just for safekeeping I'm sure it wouldn't have been a problem mm. but that's the main reason uh, when you do these types of things being solo and supported you're purely on your own and you have to trust your intuition your gut you gotta listen to your body every day and of course you've got to just make sure your nutrition is right you've got the right energy for the day water's a challenge so yeah you have many challenges along the way tell us a bit more about missing children south africa what is it that they do exactly and why did you choose them as the beneficiary missing children south africa is a non-profit organization um, they operate from cape town and they they're very uh, active on social media and they work hand in hand with the the police and they obviously have a network globally with NGOs so they focus on you know missing children it's it's a 1.8 million dollar industry a year it's massive it's not even a, it's not only a South African thing it's a global thing talk about albinos disappearing for multi purposes body parts obviously the sex trade and you know there's the, the estimations and the figures are about 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 a 78 percent recovery and they speak about every five seconds a child goes missing and we can all relate to kids you know we all are a brother or a sister or a father or a you know so and kids are very vulnerable so it's close to my heart and um, I just think it was a good cause I initially when I did my kid to Cairo I started out with uh, the Red Cross psychosocial support but within the first month uh, I just personally decided I needed a organization that was maybe a little bit smaller that could give me a little bit more support so Missing Children South Africa also is plugged into an advertising agency which helps market and advertise me and them along the way which is very important when you do this type of thing you need the media's exposure to get the word out there I mean there are people doing incredible things out there far more exciting and challenging than me but the unfortunate thing is if you don't know how to work the media or get the media support the sad thing is all these people do these things and nobody knows about it which is sad yeah you've mentioned the Cape to Cairo which is easier if, if you can say <laughs> one's easier cycling or running uh, my passion is running cycling would be definitely easier purely because I was doing about 100 k's a day yeah. roughly 11 hours in, in the saddle so you're guaranteed to find a village or a place or water but then again you can carry more food and water and obviously I had my tent and all oh. that stuff on a bicycle whereas running solo unsupported you can only do about 40 k's a day depending on, on a, a few variables and I'm only able to carry about two days water maximum because for every liter water it's a kilogram yeah. our bag is already eight kilograms so what I did was my training to get me prepared for the run I uh, I did re resistance training and sprints on, on a, a steep uh, incline and I was carrying a 10 kilogram weight uh, on my back just to, to sort of get myself stronger but you know, I would say definitely the bike ride would be much easier although I'm a bike ride I had many challenges two breakdowns picked up malaria stomach bugs obviously to find good drinking water is a challenge, but yeah, definitely the bike ride would be easier. You mentioned that those logistics, the fact that, I mean, you run about 40 k's a day, you carry everything you need on your back, including the water, and Southern Africa is a vast place. Towns aren't 40 kilometers apart. So how do you deal with that? On the bike, you said you had your tent with you. Now, obviously, you can't run with a tent. Yeah. So I've got an ultralight hammock. It's a compact that I've used in the start of my run through certain areas. You just need to find two poles or two trees and you string it up. But because I'm so unsupported, it's challenging because there are some stretches where it's 400 k's of nothing. And I'm referring to not even a village where you can get water. And I'm forced 
to skip certain stages it's, it's just impossible um, to do that when you're by yourself and like I say you can only carry water for two days maximum and so there are some areas like I say I was meant to do five over five thousand but it looks like in total I'll do about three thousand which I think is still okay yeah obviously also if, as you say if you're just pitching a, a hammock and you are self-supported there's the safety element involved I think there's there's a safety element involved anyway you know I flew to Joburg stayed with my brother three days and I mean in that period you almost got hijacked with my niece so I don't I think in my opinion in, in my experience with Cape Cairo and stuff traveling through Africa I believe and in my experiences I feel safer in Africa than one would I mean on my Cape Cairo they, they, they tried to attack me in South Sudan and the thing is I don't think it's uh, yeah either you in the wrong place at the wrong time but I definitely feel much more safer in, in Africa you also required quite often I can imagine to rely on the kindness of strangers uh, are there any people that stand out on this journey so Ubuntu has kicked in really well with this whole experience I've become quite well known through Mozambique for my Cape ride and, and obviously running through the coastline so all the lodges got involved so what I would do is each time I was going entering a new country I'd go onto their, their social media group site on Facebook introduce myself and everybody gets on board there's been some nice media following me so in return you know there's a bit of advertising for where I stay and I take photos and a bit of information about the places and I upload that as well but yeah the people have been really um, helpful it's very easy obviously in South Africa in your homeland and, and Mozambique and stuff but as soon as you start going further into Africa you kind of lose the connection with I would say expats or in general but I've had a lot of support my Cape to Cairo I was invited to stay in lodges backpackers villas uh, hotels campsites I, s- I slept in my, my tent infested with Ahina in West Kenya I slept with nomads in Lake Tukana slept next to the highway you, you slept in a drain police stations so um you've got to prepare yourself before you leave and do something like this that that's what's going to happen but something that stands out I think through Mozambique has always been incredible reception from everyone and you know everybody gets on board and stuff and just the media support and in Vintuk Namibia it's been incredible my media support here it's been probably the best so far and um, but generally people do help but then again I am self-funded so you know where there isn't help you, you obviously you pay for that accommodation stuff and it can be quite expensive what i'm doing is nothing i'm not amazing i'm not super fit all these guys that do these things around the world they say it's a one percent of these guys you just need the sponsors to do this type of thing because it all relates to money you know so being self-funded when you're on this thing you know you've got to cover your expenses back home and that but yeah no fantastic support you talk about self self-funding i mean obviously the, the the goal of the trip is about raising their money and awareness for, for missing children but how do you finance it Okay, so how I finance it is it's purely out of my own owners. I mean, I basically pay for my own um, costs, whichever that is. And so how it works for Missing Children South Africa is on all my posts and all my social media and in all the news articles and stuff, I always refer to the official website of Missing Children to go onto that, click donate and donate as much as you like. Or in South Africa, there is that SMS line, the 46001 number where you can dial in and donate 25 Rand. So it's just steering them there and of course steering the awareness. The bonus, I mean, as you say, you're self-funding, but, but you are getting 
getting something out of it at least. You, you get to see much of the world that most people are never going to. I mean, even stretches of road that people often drive along, they must look completely different running as opposed to sort of zooming past at 120 k's an hour. If, it, if it's at all possible, I mean, you, you, you sort of get a glow in your eyes when you talk about Mozambique, but can you choose the most beautiful places you've run? Wow. Uh, very, that's very true in saying I've experienced Africa on a completely different level going at, at that pace like you say you see the landscape I mean it's a melting pot of all these, these experiences and a lot of times I've uploaded things and posts of places I've stayed with people said you know where are you we've never seen these places and they, they frequent these areas so in terms of each country has its own energy its own uniqueness its own culture its own environment I would say each country to me has a very special memory and experience i mean places like malawi um you know botswana coming through botswana obviously there's also there's stretches that you you can't because it's national game parks or trans frontier parks you're not allowed to really um obviously go through there running or walking stuff and um makumi national park on maketukaira that was in tanzania i cycled through there and as you enter there, I mean, it's a small concrete road, but as you enter, it's, it's got a big signboard saying, warning, dangerous animals for the next 50 kilograms, 50 um, kilometers. So I did cycle quite fast. Yeah. And I did tend to look over my shoulder a few times. I think just to get to see the landscape, the people, the culture. I mean, on, on my bike ride, I'd stop off at all these little villages and you eat with them and you, you get to know about the, their, their ways and, and you get to learn a lot. And I think my experience is, is it's really about the people that you meet along the way because we all have stories to share. And the people that I met have been just fascinating and so incredibly interesting what they've done in their lives. And I think that's what binds this experience. It's the people. Without the people, I could not have gotten to Cairo mm -hmm. and, and, and I would not have gotten to where I am right now. Now, those people are obviously there, but five months you've been doing this, it's, there's a lot of time on the road running by yourself. How do you handle the voices in your head that are usually brought on by solitude? Ah, uh, yes. Our instrument, I call it. Yeah, so we, we generally sometimes have two voices in our heads and... and uh, it's the instrument and what you tune yourself into and what frequency you are on. I mean, a lot of guys that do or people that do exercise, they refer to it as reverse pain. So um, to deal with emotional things, we all have things. We all have a past. We all have things that we are dealing with. So yeah, you, you really chat to yourself. I mean, I, I really have a few outbursts and uh, a few shouting matches to myself. And, you know, and you think about your ex-girlfriends and life and decisions and things you've done. And it's real internal. I mean, you're really digging in and it's um, and you get to grow as a person. And the emotional side of it, yeah, you, I mean, Cape to Cairo, I mean, uh, literally every day my mind was telling me, you know, you can't make it. When I decided to leave the day after um, walking out of a radio interview, I got on the bike and I kind of did my wave and my goodbyes and I actually started crying. And I thought, shucks, Gab, what have you done? You, you actually have to go to Cairo on a bicycle now. <laughs> Flip, and then it was raining. But anyway, I mean, about an hour into my ride, a car stopped, gave me a hundred bucks, said, God bless you. And that's when I knew huh. it's going to be fine. And the thing was, it's all about your perception. It's about what you believe because you can create any door to open with the energy you put out there. And it's really about your mindset. How I prepared myself mentally for Cape to Cairo, very easy. I just reverse engineered my finish line. I just said, I'm not cycling to Cairo. 
which gave me the ability to every day get to after 11 hours, stop, take photos, enjoy the moment, the present, instead of stopping going, I've still got 9,800 kilometers <laughs> to go. That's where you would lose it. So it's really about your headspace. Yeah, but you definitely are challenged mentally. Would you say that, that the run and, and the solo cycle have changed you in any way? Yeah, it has. It's made me appreciate things. It's made me a little bit more humble. But I'm still growing. I mean, I have so much to learn in my life. And I think that I'm making a difference before I leave this planet. It, 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 there's a nice feeling about it. In my early 20s, I was this arrogant guy, full of myself. And I really didn't like myself as a person. And, you know, I really just thought that if I had a car, the clothes, and, and a girl next to me, you know, and a, and a nice paycheck, you know, that was that was my world and, and that was what it was about. But I was just very arrogant. And uh, so now, 44 years of age, I'm wanting just to be a better person, more humble and just to do, because we all have a responsibility with humanity and, and, and with regards to the planet. And there's been a lot of focus on, on other things, you know, consumerism and all these things that are happening around the world. And we've just forgotten a few things, you know. So for me, my life personally, I just want to, yeah, know that I've made a small difference. There's a big, let's say, life change coming your way, though, because you met your future wife on the run. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's know, not a bad change. You know, it, uh, I must be honest, we've just had a kind of an argument, so I think we've taken a break. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> Slightly awkward that, question, sorry. But that's great, but I mean, amazing woman, I love her. Uh, you know, I think, you know, in life, if you haven't dealt with things within yourself, you know, you, you've got to take a step back and, and, and just rework things and you never know what's planned for the future but i'm glad you asked that question because it's on a recording and maybe she'll get to hear it one day but yeah so it's on hold at the moment <laughs> yeah i think it's important for me to focus on my run and get that over and done with and i plan to move to mozambique afterwards when i did my cat to cairo i said to myself i want to move to mozambique and now i've put the network out there and some people are, are looking around for me so when i get back uh, i'm going to move hopefully to Mozambique to work and live. I'm wanting to be more, what's the word? Not isolated, but I've got this fantasy. I want to live in a treehouse in a forest. Nice. Yeah, a really nice treehouse in a forest. So yeah, so we'll see where, what the universe has installed for me in the future. When you talk about moving to Mozambique, um, you know, potentially everything comes right and you, and you sort of settle down and you've got a, a nice married life. But you already mentioned earlier after your Cape to Cairo, that bug is still sitting there. The voice is still, the itch happens. So, I mean, now you, you're not even finished this run. You're not potentially thinking about the next thing. But what happens when that, when that itch starts again? What's, your, what's the next big adventure for Gavin? You know, uh, actually yesterday I started uh, having anxieties about going back and and the fact that I'm almost finished and I'm going to be back into the world of reality again when I did my Cape to Cairo eight months later I had to go and do something again and uh, I don't know I would say it's a bug that's bitten or it's, a, it's an addiction now or something um, it's like people that travel they travel their whole life because they have this thing and I hope it's not me that I'm searching for something and I'm lost but the thing is I was planning on doing summiting Everest and my run was my base training to get me fitter and to use this to generate sponsorships for that um, then I met someone then it was maybe not a good idea to go climb a mountain and now it's on hold so I 
actually can't answer that question right now but the lovely thing about sometimes not knowing because maybe you're not meant to know everything but the amazing thing is things always work out like my cape to cairo i did not my logistics and my planning people ask me and think that i've got this huge logistical worked out to the kilometer plan and route plan i think this type these types of things on these scales it's it's a little bit impossible to plan my planning happens is when I arrive at a stage group ask the locals for the best advice because Google and local you get more advice from the local guys no go rather left instead of going straight and that's where my planning happens for the following day so what it has what I've what have I got installed for me? I've been doing life coaching in health and wellness. And of course, I'm working on a book. I've got 12 chapters and I've got a ghostwriter assisting me on that. And uh, motivational speaking, I hope, you know, when I get back, there'll be one or two invites that I can go and speak corporately about, you know, my experiences. But as I say, hopefully to go to Mozambique. And I'm not sure where my life will take me from there. I don't know. I could get a phone call today as I walk out of this podcast interview and my whole life might change it's so interesting you've just got to really embrace it you've mentioned social media a lot and and how that's definitely helping you so for people who want to find out more for people who want to follow the rest of your journey what are your social media addresses is there a website yeah so i mean i don't like to always say that but you can google my name and you'll you'll pick it up so it's gaven g-a-v-e-n sinclair or facebook is the same address and my instagram is also the same address and that's gavin with an e one thing just because it's something that fascinates me nobody can see them but i can tell me about your tattoos ah but i'm looking for <laughs> tattoos as well okay interesting yeah so on my left forearm i have the number 73 and I've, obviously I'm born in 1973 and I always wanted a muscle car from the year 73. <laughs> so that never happened and I decided to have the year I was born in physical form on my arm and the font of the numbers are for actually from the 70s. So I think I, yeah. So my right forearm, it's an angel with wings and that's my spiritual form. So, because we live in two, physical and spiritual. So yeah, that's why I had those done. And yeah. Oh, it does become a bit of an addiction and I think it's a story it's a journey it's it's your diary you know you do things for very specific reasons well in my case I do and uh, yeah oh thank you so much I hope the rest of the run through the slightly barren but but nonetheless beautiful south of our country works out well and that you have a lot more experiences and just best of luck thank you so much I really appreciate your help and all the media support once again